TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. News Radio WRBA. It is a Monday afternoon, and I I know that the uh, uh, the legacy news media hacks are thrilled that they can talk about one of uh, former President Donald Trump's maintenance workers being hauled into a federal court. Uh, you and I realize that this is uh, well, it continues to be this nonstop attack on former President Trump. Uh, this idea that anything and everything that they can dream up is going to be tossed at the guy. Let me give you an actual piece of news uh, that is, well, you know, actually important. Devin Archer, who was Hunter Biden's uh, closest business associate for, uh, for years and years and years, testified to the United States House of Representatives, the House Oversight Committee, in a closed-door session today. That, in fact, Hunter Biden used to routinely put Joe Biden on the phone with business partners. Is it a Republican, part of our vast right-wing conspiracy, who's sharing that? No, it's actually a Democrat congressman, Dan Goldman. But, you see, Congressman Goldman says, well, yeah, 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 yeah. He always put uh, Joe Biden on the phone. But, you know, Biden, uh, the big guy, only spoke about weather. Anybody by a show of hands want to uh, pretend that that's legitimate? That's an actual piece of breaking news, and you should be aware of that. And you also need to be aware that as, as we head further and further and further into the presidential election season, you're going to see and hear more of the nonsense. It's not going to stop. In fact, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. The uh, water carriers and the bum kissers have all gotten their instructions. They have their marching orders. And you are going to see any number of these ridiculous uh, prosecutions, phony indictments come down against former President Trump. This is all designed to weaken Trump as much as possible. And it would seem as if Chris Christie is at least this week the Democrats' favorite Republican. Because he's going right along pushing this sort of a, a narrative. Saying, well, by the time the, uh, the first debate comes around, Donald Trump could be uh, out on bail on four different 
criminal matters. Okay. Gang, every time they beat up on Trump, I'm telling you right now, telling you right now, they actually make him stronger. It may be weird. It may be odd. Maybe it's it's nonsensical. Maybe it, it shouldn't happen, but it is happening. And you need only look at the polling data to see that every time one of these pseudo-judicial attacks is launched against Donald Trump, his numbers increase. And, and not just on the Republican primary side, but in the general election campaign. In fact, CNN, which as you know, is comprised of people who are just slightly better than the people at MSNBC, even CNN today is acknowledging, admitting, conceding that Donald Trump could actually win the general election. Now, I pain them to say it, and maybe their real reason in mentioning it was something other than, well, news, because they don't really do news, but, but you do see what I'm saying here. Very real possibility, CNN says very real possibility that Donald Trump could win in 2024. All right. And the more they beat up on, I'm telling you, the stronger the man becomes. It's craziness, isn't it? The big guy, Joe Biden. Ah, that's, that's, that's a Republican thing, Jeff. Nobody really called him the big guy. There are at least five examples. Five examples in addition to the uh, the FBI informant paperwork, where people referred to Joe Biden as the big guy. And the fact of the matter is, we all know that that's what was going on, right? The FBI informant claimed in that 1023, that uh, FBI form, that the uh, Burisma boss, the founder of boss, uh, founder of Burisma rather, bribed, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, each to the tune of $5 million. And he said, well, we couldn't send any funds directly to the big guy. Had to go through Hunter. Okay. IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley. What does he say? Among other things, we wanted to question Walker about an email that said, quote, 10 held for H for the big guy. We had obvious questions like who was H? Who was the big guy? And why was this percentage to be held separately with the association hidden? But the assistant U.S. attorney, Wolf, interjected and said he didn't want to ask about the big guy. And stated she did not want to ask questions about, quote, dad. When multiple people in the room spoke up and objected that we had to ask, she responded, there's no specific criminality to that line of questioning. The hell there isn't. Hunter Biden's business partner, James Gilliard, dubbed Joe Biden the big guy in a 2017 email. He referred to Joe Biden as the big guy. He was busy uh, being involved with the Biden family and uh, high-ranking members of the Chinese Communist Party. Wow. 2020 also refers to Joe Biden as the big guy. I mean, honest to goodness, this is, you don't have to be Inspector Clouseau to figure this one out, do you? Jeff Rogers, an executive at the wealth management company, Glenmead Trust Company, used the term the big guy 
in an email to Hunter Biden about then-Vice President Joe Biden's appearance at a dinner at a sportsman's club, a private club in Delaware. Quote, Hunt, see below. I was not there but heard all about it. The big guy made them happy. And then, of course, Hunter Biden himself refers to his uh, daddy as the big guy over and over and over and over and over again. There's no question here about who the big guy is. Unless, of course, you're, you're one of these uh, uber-left-wingers doing your best to undermine former President Donald Trump. Then, I suppose, uh, you'd have some questions. Well, we just don't know. We, we don't know. We don't know. Well, but you do have confirmation today, again, some real news here, from the House Oversight Committee that Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's longtime closest business associate testified behind closed doors today to the House Oversight Committee and talked about Hunter Biden repeatedly putting the big guy, his daddy, Joe Biden, on the phone with their various and sundry business partners. Burisma, Chinese Communist Party leadership. I mean, it's, it's an ugly situation. Any other time in history, of course, you'd, you'd You'd hear about these things. You'd talk about these things. But uh, I know that uh, we're, well, we're, we're past all of that now, aren't we? Yeah, we just, uh, we just like to make believe and pretend that things we know are not really happening or happening or things that couldn't really happen uh, are somehow real. I, as an example, men breastfeeding. Men can't breastfeed just the way it is. But there's a whole movement now that says, well, that's really sexist. It is? I thought it was just like following the biology, following the science. Uh, mammary glands uh, that uh, are capable of producing milk are not found on men. Simple as that. And the Boy Scouts of America, remember them? Is anybody still involved with that organization? Honest to goodness, I don't know how or why anybody in this day and age would still be involved with the Boy Scouts. It, it pains me to say that because we were a, a long-time, strong, active scouting family. But the more they go off on this, this ridiculous left-wing agenda, this woke nonsense, uh, uh, the less I feel that I'm losing out by no longer being involved. They've got their big national jamboree in West Virginia. Uh, will it shock you to find that the LGBTQ activists are playing a prominent part? Probably not. I'll give you details in just a moment. It is 314, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Monday. Oh, my gosh, it is. Listen, it's uh, it's nowhere near as hot as it's been. Uh, We actually are going to talk about uh, some cooling rain, I think, uh, overnight, at least up here in Ashland. Uh, We had a couple of uh, raindrops come through. It's uh, it's important. Uh, It's important for the lawn. It is. I don't know about your community. We have one of those uh, lawns of the month competitions and i got news for you people get really excited about it they re- oh my gosh they're out there trimming and lack of water is an issue so so i don't know i'm, I'm i personally i don't know if i've ever been in the running i, I think we got a nice lawn though 
I, I guess we need a little more rain, so we'll see how that goes. Hey, would you bring two tiny children to a really nice restaurant? Probably not, right? Uh, we were over uh, at uh, Red Salt the other night for Harry's birthday, and uh, great food. It's always great food. We really do enjoy Red Salt. Well, all right, always. We've been there twice. <laughs> We went there uh, with another couple dear friends of ours the first time. Had a wonderful time. And then uh, the other night for Harry's birthday, we were there. And at 9.15, 9.15 in the evening, this couple comes in with a baby in a baby carrier and another kid, I don't know, two years old, maybe, maybe three years old, carried and so you know what happened, right? Immediately with the crying and everything else. Look, I got three kids, so so you can make absolutely sure in your mind. I I I feel for parents who are going, man. I'd love to get out. I'd love to do this. But you know, part of being a parent is having to put aside your own personal fun sometimes. That's that's part of being a responsible parent. And so I would dare say the responsible parent says, yeah, we would love to go to Red Salt at uh, 9.15, but it's a little late for the kids, and, and we'll just have to pass on this. And in addition to that, maybe, just maybe, you would think about the other people at the restaurant. If you go in, as an example, you go into a, a McDonald's on a Saturday morning, guess what? You're going to be surrounded by little kids, and that's fine. You go to the IHOP, lots of little kids. Waffle House, well, there's no telling what you find at the Waffle House, but many times you'll find little kids. But a, a restaurant like Red Salt, you, you might find little kids there at some point, but at 9.15 in the evening, by the time we left, it was, uh, I think it was about 10 o'clock, uh, these folks were still there. Kids were still not happy about it. And I watched one woman in particular. I felt so bad. Uh, she was like right next to the crying children. And, and she just, she left. I, and I would have been willing to bet she would have stayed longer had she not had uh, crying kids next to her. Nah, I'm just saying. Uh, the other day, yesterday to be exact, was the anniversary of the murder of Richmond police officer Doug Wendell. And I simply wanted to call this out. Uh, he was shot and killed after responding to a call with a suspected drug dealer. It was on uh, 33rd Street near uh, Midlothian Turnpike on the south side. He had approached one of the suspects, asked him for identification. That subject began fighting with uh, Officer Wendell, fired four shots in quick succession, shooting him in the neck, the back of the head, and the shoulder. Everybody arrived, and uh, he was transported to MCV, and he was, he was pronounced there. Uh, suspect was captured several days later, charged with capital murder. Suspect was convicted of first degree and capital murder back in 2003, subsequently sentenced. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here 
on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. To life in prison with no parole. Uh, Officer Wendell had served with the RPD for five years. He left behind a family. So, I mean, on this anniversary... Nothing we can do, obviously, to bring Officer Wendell back, but uh, if you, you have a moment to think about him and uh, his family, I would appreciate it. I really would. And uh, my friend, Emily Morrissey, you know, I talk about Emily all the time. Uh, last Saturday night, she was down there with uh, our beloved Richmond Flying Squirrels throwing out the first pitch. Emily always brings the heat. Let me tell you, she always throws a strike. Great, great job. I saw some of the photos uh, with Emily and Parney, and I know she brought some new bracelets for the uh, for the flying squirrels. And she's off on uh, a little uh, a little drive today. She's watching us online in, in in her car. So I just wanted to wave and say hi to Emily and uh, tell her to uh, to have a, a good good ride. All right. Okay. Coming up, we got a lot still to cover, including my friend Carl Carlson. Where the heck is the economy heading? Three twenty six. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Thirty-five. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Monday afternoon. Yes, indeed, we are back at it. We've got a lot that we are going to be covering today. In fact, throughout this entire week, we are—we're almost at the point where voting is going to begin. It seems strange, right? I mean, here we are. Tomorrow's August the first, but once you get this early voting and the rest of it, it's this whole season. And one of the things that I hope people are aware of is what the heck's going on in our schools a lot of us became aware during covid with the the remote learning the zoom classrooms of what was really going on in classrooms right we, we were sort of looking over our kids shoulders and i don't know about you there are a lot of people who just were were not happy with what was going on and, and really really to to our core don't we believe that moms and dads ought to be the folks who have Geez, just a, a tiny bit of influence about what happens in schools. Uh, there's a marvelous woman who is seeking the uh, the Dale District seat on the Chesterfield County uh, Board of Education, Dr. Charletta Barringer-Brown. And I'm so happy that uh, she is joining us. Uh, Dr. Brown, thank you so much for being here. Greetings, Mr. Katz. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm uh, continuing to uh, be impressed with everything I read about you. Every time that I pull something up, I think, wow, she ought to be making policy for schools. And now I'm thinking you could very well be helping to make the policy for the schools. 
Well, I'm going to tell you, that's what really caused me to just throw my hat in the ring to run because I said to myself that we need someone with experience. I mean, we know that, you know, when we look at our elected officials, there's a basic criteria that's there. And when I say basic, it's very basic. And then when people want to say that, you know, we're not meeting the, the needs of the community, that's why, because the just the skills in general are so basic. Um, I bring a very extensive background with education. I, this, this year alone, I've been in education for 30 years. And so I've worked in every facet of education that you could possibly think of, from correctional alternative, public, two-year, four-year institutions. I've been a state award winner. I've, you know, just done a lot of different things. I've worked at local, state, and federal levels with with um, regard to programming and large-scale budget. And I said, well, let me put that, that work to use. And, and my, my mantra has been, let me use my experience to help you. And I truly mean that because that's what my record speaks to. Uh, Charletta, as I look at all of this, I am really, really touched by the fact that uh, in many ways your your expertise, your insight has been sought out by uh, by folks on both sides of the political aisle. I mean, you talk about yes, your, your values and beliefs, but it is it is clear to anyone uh, that you want every single student in every single setting to really meet their full potential. I do. And like I said, again, my background is that I am licensed up to the superintendent's license. I have um, multiple endorsement areas, EDLD, um, psychology and administration supervision. And I have worked, like I said, in every facet of education. So I have a vantage point from every um, point of education, meaning even if a child goes to a correctional facility, those are still public dollars that fund those teachers and fund those programs. You know, the administration of a program, alternative uh, programs, public programs, private programs, online programs. So I understand what the needs are in each of those educational settings. Um, you could have a child that's in a private education setting, a setting, meaning they're going to a private school, and then maybe when they get to the ninth grade, they want to transition to a public high school. So I understand the process and what they would need to be successful in order to make that transition at any point, at any um, educational setting. Again, with large-scale budget management experience, I I talk about fiscal responsibility for the schools. In Chesterfield County alone, we're almost at at a $1 billion budget. Um, I went around and I asked people, I said, well, how much do you think we're expending for this, that, and the other? And they would throw out figures like, oh, a million? I said, no, let's try almost a billion for the whole budget. People have no realistic view or understanding what that really looks like. Um, I've served on national boards. I've served on state boards. Um, I've even been a state director of various programs, even under the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, even understanding millions of dollars and understanding how that translates of, of best needs and best practices in order to have a successful program. So, like I said again, there's a lot that's at stake. Dr. Charlotta Barringer-Brown is joining us. She's running for the uh, the Dale District seat on the Chesterfield County Board of Education. So uh, you're running as a, as a new candidate, which indicates to me that you think something is not being done right on the Board of Ed. Tell me, tell me what they've got wrong at the moment. Well, I'm going to tell you, like I said again, with the experience and the backgrounds, um, not to 
um, belittle people's experience because you can never do that. And, and everyone comes from a different vantage point. But when you have certain backgrounds, they really don't have the large scale experience to understand what a budget looks like. They don't understand what instruct, what good instruction should look like. They don't understand the quality of teachers, meaning that I, as I tell people, I am still certified. It would be like a dentist who is working at a four year institution teaching dentistry, but they still hold that license to practice if they want to. I'm that type of person, meaning that I'm a practitioner, meaning that I'm a college dean currently, but I still am licensed under the Virginia Department of Education as someone who could step right into a school or into a central office immediately. So basically, from that from that standpoint, what I see the needs are is that we need to really understand there are other ways besides unionizing teacher associations to give teachers raises, to give them the to give them the autonomy autonomy and the things that they would like to have to be able to be successful, we do not need to unionize. Um, also looking at fiscal responsibility, school safety, teacher retention and recruitment, increasing the teacher pay to the national average so that teachers can have a quality of life within Chesterfield because of the, the housing market. In addition to student achievement and parental rights is just a, a, a really a serious matter. Parental rights, but they also come with responsibilities. Because since COVID, you've had more children who have, have spent more time outside the classroom, meaning they haven't even been in school. Mm-hmm. And so no one is really talking about that. I talked to multiple principals, and they said that if they had the time to take to enforce every student or their parents, rather, that were not in school with regard to the truancy laws, they wouldn't even have time to sit down and talk to me, more or less even a phone call, because they would have to deal with that. I tell people, um, legislators always talk about schools, schools, schools around election time, mm-hmm. but it means nothing because of the simple fact that if you are not, in, if you're not basically enforcing the laws at the public or grassroots level, it really means nothing. And people just, they talk a good game, but they don't really understand that we have children that are not going to school at all. Thus, the learning losses that were sustained before COVID have just been exacerbated and will continue. Dr. Charlotta Barringer-Brown is joining us. You know, Dr. Brown, one of the things that uh, is near and dear to many of us, myself uh, as the dad of a, a special needs daughter is that special education component and and i gotta tell you something just on a personal basis purely anecdotal i've heard some wonderful wonderful success stories out of chesterfield but i've heard just as many horror stories and yeah i'm curious uh, about your perspective on that well i want to tell you and this is just bottom line teachers are not trained to be special education teachers Meaning that I have a master's degree in special education. I didn't learn everything I needed to. It was basically on-the-job training because of the laws that are involved with just the teaching aspect of special education. You're doing more paperwork than you're doing more teaching. People are not ready for that because they're not trained in that way. So it's almost like you're starting off with a burden that you didn't even think you were going to incur. Um, You are a teacher, number one, and you want to be able to work with your students to the best of your ability. But as a special education teacher, because of the law aspect, you're not trained for that. You learn on the job, and sometimes you you make serious mistakes that actually could cost the student and could cost the county. So how do you rectify that? Training. Having in having in house training, um, teachers are already bombarded with training. But trying to make those trainings meaningful in the ways and the things that they need most, um, being able to provide those services through the community. I, just personally, uh, myself with my background, what I have done is I have worked with parents through the years um, when they've had problems navigating that system. 
I have actually volunteered my services because I do have a Ph.D. in law and public policy in addition to other credentials up to the doctoral degree with um, administration supervision of special education in addition to the master's degree. So I have gone out myself, but it's not just me being a one-woman show. We, we need to be able to have um, community support, and that's one thing that I have truly wanted to promote. Um, I worked with the Virginia Department of Education at one time, and I said this was not even enough when they went out and they were trying to, to trying excuse me trying to provide uh, public talks so that parents were informed. That was still not enough. We need to be able to work within our school districts to actually tell parents, look, this is what you need to do. These are the exact steps that you need to take. And also making sure that the administrators that those schools are following through and the school district is following through with, the, with, what their, with what the needs are for the parents and for the situations, because every situation is actually different. Listen, I, I am absolutely blown away by your experience and credentials. Some wonderful endorsements, uh, I should point out, including uh, Delegate Mike Cherry, Sheriff Carl Leonard. For folks maybe hearing about you for the first time, hearing from you for the first time, uh, they're in that Dale district. They want to learn more. What's the best way for them to do that? Well, what they can do is they can go directly to my to my campaign website, which is Behringer Brown Four, and Four is spelled F O R. But Behringer Brown for School Board dot com. They can learn about me there. I don't say uh, platform; I say Charlotta's perspective. Yep. And so if they have any questions about that, they are free to email me, um, contact me that way. I've also had some meet and greets, and I plan to have a few more. I'm going to probably go online and probably have some um, just some lives where people can, can talk with me or just ask questions if they would like to, to get to know me. I'm a conservative candidate. Um, when I say I have 30 years of experience, I truly have 30 years of experience actually this year in every facet of education. Um, they can even look me up online and know that I am an educator. And, the, and when I say educator, I'm an administrator, I'm an educator, and I'm also a public administrator. I understand education from every angle and can be, my experience can be used to help them navigate the system, to help their child be the, be the best student possible I and be a productive it. citizen. I love it. Well, listen, we'll certainly have you back, and we'll send everybody to uh, to the website, BarringerBrownForSchoolBoard.com. That is Dr. Charletta Barringer-Brown. She is uh, seeking that Dale district seat, Chesterfield County Board of Ed. I'll tell you what, an impressive woman, major accomplishments, and uh, a perspective that I, I just don't think can be matched by anyone. It is 347, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Fifty-two Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Just about a half hour from now, my buddy Carl Carlson is going to be along four thirty-five to be exact. We're going to talk with Carl about, well, you know, Carl stuff. I mean, Carl. Carl takes care of the Katz family in terms of our uh, potential someday retirement. And it's not just retirement. Uh, that's. I mean, I suppose that's part of it. Uh, it really is being prepared for. Uh, a time when when we're gone and we hopefully have uh, done the right things in the right way to take care of Julia. And, I, mean, I mean, honest to goodness, that's our perspective. The boys are going to be fine. That's the way I look at it, right? They're both smart young guys. They both got different skills, each have different skills, what have you. Uh, and I think they'll be fine. Uh, Julia's not going to be able to take care of herself, so it's it's incumbent upon us to to make sure she's in a situation, and, and she won't know, that's true, she's not, not aware of these things, but uh, she's in a situation where she's taking care of. So anyway, we trust Carl, 
And I think that says a lot about Carl and his team. I was talking a little bit earlier about the uh, the National Boy Scout Jamboree, which uh, is in West Virginia. And huge, huge, huge LGBTQ activities. Gang, I, I don't know. I don't know why anybody participates in scouting anymore. I really don't. Uh, there had been a time where I could tell you that it was the best leadership program available. And it took... Uh, boys and turned them into quality young men and provided them with great leadership and some very unique experiences. Uh, We were a very, very active scouting family. Very active. Both boys were in scouts. Uh, I was a cub master and uh, active in scouts, a cub master of the year. So I'm just telling you that, not as a means of uh, bragging, but to tell you, I, I legitimately at one time believed in what was being done. And I've been on a million different committees on this. I was on one committee locally that was, uh, the heck was it? I don't know, public relations committee or something like that. And, and it was it was just like having a meeting to have a meeting. I never thought that there was anything that uh, that was accomplished. I'm sorry to say that. But now with this woke agenda and this, this clear left-wing leaning, I, I think people are, are simply looking at other avenues for for what used to be Boy Scout activities. Right? There's all sorts of other opportunities. My boys are done with it. They're both too old at this point. Uh, well, Joe, I guess technically 18. He could still be involved, but, but he just decided uh, he, he didn't want to be involved anymore. And, and it does pay me to say it, but I, I thought, okay, good. Didn't have to argue with them about it. I, I just kind of went along with this. Okay, all right, you're done. Uh, let's see here. Uh, be careful, Jeff. John Reed is still involved with the uh, Boy Scouts of America. Uh, like you, however, uh, my sons and I bailed out a decade or more ago. Uh, that signed Jeff, who was an Eagle Scout. Yeah, I, you know, John and I have had conversations about it. I know John's on some committee with the, uh, with the, the, the local Boy Scout Council. And I, I don't know, I hope John is able to uh, kind of impart some common sense to those folks. Because I don't know anybody at this point who's who's involved, so I'm not going to speak in a first-person way. Uh, I just know overall it's, it's really, I think, just gone off the rails. Uh, here's another note. It says, uh, good afternoon, Jeff. I was at the Scout National Jamboree as a Jamboree service team member, meaning I paid big money to volunteer. Wow. Yeah, the, the Boy Scouts in this day and age, man, it is all about money. Scouts were wearing LGTBQ plus wristbands. I don't know if they had to wear them or not. I also think it's funny that there were neckerchiefs and a booth for women in scouting. Now, I have no issues with women in scouts, but it's funny that the left cannot tell us what a woman is, but they will promote women when it fits their agenda. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Isn't that funny? A woman who uh, gets her spot on the Supreme Court because she's a woman can't tell you what a woman is because she's not a biologist. Well, I'm looking out the window. I'm not a meteorologist, but I can tell you it's not raining. 357, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRPA. Four oh five, J 
Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Monday afternoon. I, I have to share the story of Louise Chivers with you. Familiar with Louise? Well, Louise uh, lives in Great Britain, and she has been told that she may not apply for any social services jobs. Why? She made comments about that dude, Dylan Mulvaney, the uh, Bud Light guy. Ms. Chivers, by the way, has 25 years experience as a social worker, but she has now been told she cannot apply for any more work after she asked the question. What was the question? Whether Dylan Mulvaney was the right person to model women's sports bras for Nike. Uh, Louise Chivers is the mother of two. She's 52 years of age. Uh, She was told at the Leicestershire County Council that she may not apply for any more social services jobs because she, quote, might misgender someone. Misgender is that term that's used when you call a guy who claims he's a woman a guy. Or you call a woman who claims she's a guy a woman. It came after she described Dylan Mulvaney, who is a guy, but, quote, identifies as a female. She, she referred to him, I can't even, well, I can't, uh, as a skinny gay man with no uh, 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 chestular attributes. You'll have to figure out the word. And accused him of being, quote, a misogynist who mocks women. And she said all of this during a recent training day. Well, she has been referred to the national board that regulates social workers in England, Social Work England, as well as the company that recruited her. They've now launched an investigation. Oh, I, I, I have to mention this to you. She's a lesbian. She is a lesbian with a wife and two children. She works in adult social care. And she said, and I quote, On this particular occasion, we had been discussing gender-neutral toilets, and I said I was not comfortable using them because statistics show women are eight times more likely to be raped in one. The conversation then moved into the climate protests and whether it was hypocritical for protesters to be wearing clothing made of plastic and other environmental unfriendly materials. I said I would struggle to buy Nike clothes anymore because I didn't agree with Dylan Mulvaney advertising sports bras because I thought it made a mockery of women. Afterwards, I was contacted by my managers who demanded to know what I had said. I was then told by recruitment agencies that I ordinarily used to apply for jobs that I, they would not find me any work until the conclusion of this investigation. Uh, Louise Chiver says, I feel uh, like I've been blacklisted. The, the implication, because I'm gender critical, is that I am somehow transphobic. Now, here's what she also says. Quote, I've been on the gay scene since I was 18. I've been socially active with transgender people for decades. If people have got gender dysmorphia, I'm hugely sympathetic, but I don't believe in gender identity. I believe there are two sexes, and that's it. I've got two children and a mortgage to pay, and now I'm worried I won't be able to find another job simply because the powers that be appear to have been brainwashed on the issues. Wow. Yeah, listen, man. 
she's she's spot on. She's absolutely spot on, doesn't she? Isn't she? But but wait, there's more. Ms. Chivers added, quote, I do have to bite my tongue in a lot of these training sessions. I once attended a training session called Alphabet Soup. It was run by the Cambridgeshire County Council. A staff member there expressed concerns about people misgendering dogs. I repeat, a staff member expressed concerns about people misgendering dogs. Do you have a dog that identifies as, I don't know, a cat? Or do we not play those games with dogs? Well, apparently we do. Because somebody at that particular place said they were very, very, very concerned that somebody would, quote, misgender a dog, which would seem to me to be saying that there's a dog somewhere that is female, but but really believes or says that they're male. But, of course, dogs don't actually say anything, do they? We, as the owners of dogs, and I don't know about you, we have two dogs that we absolutely love. We, we will make words up for them. Why? Because we're weird. That's why. And I know that as Pixie barks, there is a a message, but it's pretty basic. Hey, over there. When Charlie barks, it's it's normally at someone walking by. Charlie, however, doesn't get involved in a lot of long, uh, esoteric discussions or debates. Nor does Pixie. You know why? They're dogs. I I am here to tell you that neither Charlie nor Pixie has spent any time carefully analyzing internally whether they are male or female because they're dogs and they know exactly what they are, but there's no thought about it. Do they identify one way or the other? Hmm. We have become those people. I have always mocked those who bought clothing for dogs, and now I am one of them. I, I bought Pixie a sweater, as well as well as a blaze orange jacket to wear when she's out in the woods, because she sort of looks like a tiny, teeny little deer and during hunting season. I don't want her to get hurt. And, and, and even though you would really believe that we're having a conversation, I'm here to tell you, we're not really having a conversation. But there is somebody, in England anyway... In the, in the governmental apparatus that is analyzing, thinking about, I guess they're going to be writing a position paper on some sort and conducting a workshop to make sure that nobody ever, quote, misgenders a dog. What about the dog who identifies as a cat? What do we do then? What about a cat who identifies as a dog? I should tell you that this was handled, this very, very issue was handled a long time ago on Jack's Big Music Show. Mel the dog thought that he was a cat. And uh, Jack and Mary and the rest of the team there at Jack's Big Music Show had to uh, educate Mel 
on the fact that he was really a dog and not a cat, so he'd get back to being a dog and not a cat. Thankfully, it all worked out. Maybe I'll be able to find that uh, specific video. I mean, I know we have it because uh, Julia actually still enjoys it, as do I. Uh, maybe I can send it to these folks in England who are losing sleep over all of this. Uh, you shouldn't lose any sleep unless you're getting up early to listen to my friend John Reed. John, of course, is here each and every morning, 6 a.m., always great stuff with John. Uh, I'll be listening tomorrow. I, I, I do try and listen every single solitary day. I'm very happy to say that, that the voting for the best of Richmond concluded yesterday, so you shan't hear me uh, uh, begging you, cajoling you, encouraging you. It's over. Uh, we'll find out uh, the tallies, I guess, uh, September or October. I will continue to uh, let you know that we do have some seats available on the big adventure, the Jeff Katz trip to France. Uh, we are taking at the moment $1,000 off per couple, and we're providing $100 per person on board ship credit. Uh, it is going to sell out. I don't want you to miss out, so I would urge you, please call Cruise and Tour. You can call them right now. 800-383-3131. 800-383-3131. It is a great adventure. It's April of 2024. It's going to be 10 days in France, starting in Paris and uh, winding op- up uh, rather at uh, Omaha Beach for the 80th anniversary of D-Day. Seriously, you don't want to miss this one. 800-383-3131. Online, jeffcatstrip.com. 415 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. 422 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. It is a uh, Monday. Yeah. Oh, well. Right, saying. Just saying. Just saying. It is Monday in every sense of the word. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm thinking about the uh, the upcoming elections. We were chatting of the. Uh, Dr. Charlotta Barringer-Brown, who is running for a seat down there in Chesterfield. Now, up here in Hanover, uh, we have an appointed school board, and most of us would like to keep it that way, uh, despite some of the uh, the press coverage. God, these, the, it's really been a little embarrassing, but whatever. Uh, the, the press coverage talking about the grassroots efforts to get an elected school board. It's like there's nothing grassroots about this. This is the uh, the NEA, the AFT. These are the teachers' unions that are doing everything possible to get an elected school board up here in Hanover so that uh, they can finance candidates and control it. And, and I'm just hoping against hope that we all get out come election time to vote down this ridiculous idea. Uh, I mean, where I am, we're in a good situation. We're going to have Jeff Stoneman as our member of the Board of Supervisors, and I'm very, very happy about that, very comfortable with that. He's, he's a good, good, good guy, and I think he's going to be a great member of the Board of Supervisors representing the Beaver Dam Magisterial District. That's mine. And uh, Stoneman, Jeff Stoneman, is a, is a good guy. He's a good guy. So I'm happy about that. Uh, Buddy Fowler, our state delegate, uh, I would uh, certainly hope and pray that he is reelected. I'm trying to think. I think he's got some, no offense, but 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 some wacko opposition. I mean, well, you know, it, it, what happens is you get some of the 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 wackadoodle contingent from the town of Ashland, 
which essentially says to all the rest of Hanover County, whatever you're for, we're against. Whatever you're against, we're for. So that's, that's why I look at that that way. And, and that's normally how they're perceived, uh, those candidates. But uh, who knows? Might be a real race. Uh, I, well, we'll see. But uh, State Delegate Buddy Fowler, I would dare say, deserving of my vote he'll get my vote uh, as he runs for re-election i think buddy's done a great job representing this district and then john mcguire who is poised to become our new state senator which will be fantastic i'm sorry that we're losing state senator siobhan donovan uh, but if you're over in henrico because it's now a totally henrico district uh, there are a number of voting precincts i think it's three chop that has the most of them right uh, where you will have the opportunity to support Siobhan Donovan. And I, I look, uh, I would urge you to. I think she's a, a, a brilliant woman. She has been an, an excellent, absolutely stellar state senator for us in uh, in Hanover. So I think that's going to be good. All right, coming up at uh, 435, we're going to chat with my buddy Carl Carlson. We'll talk a little bit about where uh, the economy may or may not be headed. It is 426, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Four thirty-five, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is a Monday afternoon. Oh, yes, indeed it is. There's so much that uh, is going on, so much that uh, you and I are discussing, and uh, a lot of it is actually pretty doggone good. No, I'm serious. There are actually some good things coming up. As an example, uh, two great events coming up at Hondo Steakhouse Wednesday, August the 23rd, Thursday, August the 24th. These are going to be the August dinner events for my friend Carl Carlson and his team from Carlson Financial. And, you know, there are one or two other things we'll probably have to get into with Carl, who is here as we speak. Carl, good afternoon, sir. I am humbled to be in the presence of one of the top talkers in the world. That's Jeff. right. Thank you, sir. That's I, awesome. I, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, that is greatly appreciated. I am humbled to be in the presence of one of the top five uh, financial planners in all of Central Virginia. And if uh, my multiple voting went properly, you'll be the number one financial planner in Central Virginia. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I I devoted a lot of time, sir. Let me tell you something. I was up early and up and, and stayed up late to make sure I could uh, not vote not only for you personally, but the whole team over at Carlson Financial. Because as much as we do love you, Carl, uh, that Sean guy's not half bad. He's not bad at all. That's right. No, he's 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 pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh I want to talk, obviously, about what you got coming up at Hondo's, but I, I want to talk a little bit about what is uh, politely described as volatility and uh, how that uh, really ties in, as an example, with uh, with a 401k, where you see your balance going. What, what exactly do you think when you look at the uh, 401k numbers, and I think I'm reading them correctly, that they're up 5% over last year? Yeah, we've had a good start to 2023, but part of the reason, I think, sometimes people will look at their 401k balance and it's up, but oftentimes you can forget that one of the reasons it's up is because you're putting money into your 401k. Sometimes you're putting money into your IRAs, 
and uh, sometimes with a 401k, your employer is putting money in. And so just because it's up, so they've, so some of the numbers are saying for 2022, your 401k balance might have been up by 5%. Well, if you put 7% in and your employer put 7% of your pay into your 401k, that could be the, your, your 401k balance could actually be down if you took away the money you put in. Right. Even though you're looking at it and it's up 5%. So you have to understand that you need to, especially with the 401ks, TSPs, any type of retirement accounts, you have to realize that a good chunk of that money is yours that's making it go up. And if your employer's matching, some of theirs is in there too, making it go up. So to get the right rate of returns and when you you look at it quickly and you see it's up but it yeah. could actually be down had you not put the money in so right. you just got to take into that that into account so is there is there a better way of doing this because uh, let's be honest, on, on my side of things uh, as you know as you know uh, I am a uh, uh, look I'm not an expert in this I'm, I'm the guy who is going to get the envelope open up and go Woo-hoo, look, we uh, look at all, uh, and then move on with my life. But there's got to be some better way to look at it than just the number that's in there, right? Yeah. So you know, when when we do this for our clients, we've got another separate report that we keep track of that shows what the actual returns are, not including the money that's being put into an account. Yep. So you have to be able to break it out. You can go generally if you have a custodian or that 401k, they will show you rate of returns that are the correct rate of returns when you dig down deep into your 401k. But, you know, all that's not always easy, which is why we try to make it simple and break it out into a separate report that we do that shows, you know, here's what it's really doing. And then you need to compare that to something. Yeah, oh, that's a great point. Carl Carlson is joining us from uh, Carlson Financial. I should point out that Carl is uh, amongst the top five financial planners here in Central Virginia, and uh, we'll know in a couple of months if he uh, was able to grab that top spot. I know that uh, I did my part in supporting you. So let me ask you uh, about some of the rules taking money out, because uh, there are a lot of us who have put money in, and we, we keep thinking, oh, when I get to be blank years old, I'll get such and such. But there are some rules that say, oh, well, whether you want the money or not, you've got to take a distribution, right? Yeah, as folks get a little bit wiser and a little bit older. Yep. They go hand in hand, by the way, Carl. Let me just stop. (laughs) That's right. That is a package deal, brother. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, when you hit those ages out there, like 73, then uh, you begin to be forced to take money out by the IRS, which is called a RMD, Required Minimum Distribution. Mm Mm-hmm. And those can be a little confusing because that was, at one point, it was 72. Yep. And uh, at one point, it was 70. So they've been pushing it out. Eventually, it's going to be 75 for some folks. So you really have to keep track of that. 
The other confusing thing that's that's happened uh, in the last couple of years is under that Secure Act that uh, came into play. Actually, so it used to be if you inherited money from someone, mm-hmm. then you could you could be to take the money out of that inherited IRA based on your age, unless the person was over 72 or 72 and a half, but you could stretch it out a long time. You didn't have to take it out quickly. Okay. But under the SECURE Act, they said you need to take it out in 10 years. Oh. Well, when we began planning, they didn't say how much you had to take out. They just said it all had to be out within 10 years. So, if anyone inherited a Roth IRA and didn't need the money, well, you know, the thing to do is leave it in there till the 10th year and take it out then so it could all grow tax-free. Because if right. you take it out of the Roth, it's going to be taxed as it grows. That's right. And uh, other folks, if it's an IRA they inherited, well, you have to now do some really kind of intricate planning to say, am I better off? to take a little bit out each year if i'm still working should i not take any out for the next three to five years and when i retire how much should i was a lot of planning and uh then to add a lot of confusion to that last year the irs started saying no you really need to have it out like a tenth of it each year but it they were voicing that it wasn't really documented so nobody really knew and uh, and they just kind of reaffirmed that nobody really knew, so they're giving everybody a pass this year. So if you inherited an IRA, uh, you didn't ha- you don't have to take the money out in 2023. You didn't you didn't need to in 2022. Okay. Also, that whole age 72, age 73. When that was just recently changed, they're giving everybody a pass on that as well when did you turn 70 it's very confusing so that's when you're taking money out on inherited iras or the age of your required minimum distribution i got you all right well Carl, can we help people with that I, oh my god please tell me you can help me with that because <laughs> yes we can because yes after the we phrase, can because IRA, it's a lot I was lost. It was like, yeah, I, I, I'm on board with Carl. I got to take it out, put it in, do the hokey pokey. I don't know. Whatever I got to turn around, I, <laughs> I I think we're good to go. Uh, I would imagine that you'll be talking maybe not in detail about that, but you'll allude to that at these upcoming events. The uh, August dinner events are going to be at Hondo Steakhouse Wednesday, yeah, August the 23rd, and uh, Thursday, the August the 24th. Yep, we'll be chatting about that. And also, when's the best time to move some money out of the market and move it to something safe? Yeah. And is now, are we getting really close to that time? Because we yeah. know when it drops big, we don't want to sell it and take a big loss and move it safe. So, but we got to be ready for when the market is at a good point to start doing. We'll be talking about all that kind of stuff at our dinner event. All right. Well, good. I uh, I was, you know, I sent a note to a Sean that said, sell, 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 buy Mega Millions, Mega Millions with a Mega Plier. Uh, pretty sure he, <laughs> he ignored that request as he should have because who the heck would listen to me, right? That's why we. I he just bought you some more Easy Spirit Chew stock. 
<laughs> All right, now, Carl, I always love having you here. By the way, take a look at April 2024. Maybe you want to join us. We're going to France. I'd love to have you uh, come along with us. Uh, it's going to be a great time. And the, the dinners are going to be great, August the 23rd, August oh, the 24th. sounds good. Yeah. All right, so tell me this. Uh, for folks who want to go, I'm going to tell them about the trip, but you tell them about the dinners. What do they just call Carlson? Yeah, call 844-CARLSON or reach out on our website at carlsonfinancial.com. We've got the info there. You can get signed up and come have a stake on us and learn about a lot of good financial things that you should be doing. I love it. Thank you for being here, my friend. That is Carl Carlson from Carlson Financial. And I'm not kidding you. I hope that uh, Carl is able to come with us to uh, France. If you haven't heard about the trip, man, just go to jeffcatchtrip.com, Jeff catstrip.com 445 Jeff Katz News Radio WRVA RVA. 452 Jeff Katz News Radio WRVA nice note here from uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin talking about the success of Operation Bold Blue Line this was uh, something Governor Youngkin came up with as you know and uh, directed Colonel Gary Settle, the uh, superintendent of the Virginia State Police, to really uh, redouble the partnerships between the uh, state police and local law enforcement. Well, uh, since it went into effect, more than 2,000 pounds of illegal narcotics valued at more than $31 million have been taken off the street. That includes 47 pounds of fentanyl. Fentanyl is deadly. Simple as that. Almost $3 million in currency tied to illicit activity has been seized. And through the partnership, 857 felony arrests, 721 misdemeanor arrests. Well, good. Uh, Again, my congratulations to Governor Youngkin, number one, for, for spearheading this. Uh, at the time, you remember Bob Mosier was the public safety secretary. Terry Cole is the uh, public safety secretary now. Uh, they took point on this, and Colonel Gary Settle over at the Virginia State Police, as always, uh, made sure that uh, he worked hand-in-hand with local law enforcement. That, that is something about the BSP. Uh, they need more guys, and they need more money, and they, they need more of everything. But even with all of that... Uh, Virginia State Police just have uh, such a long history of helping out anywhere at any time, and they, they do great work. Anyway, I'm very, very proud of those guys. Okay, uh, I want you to take a listen. i got a couple of different things you uh, really do need to pay attention to. Uh, what about Joe Biden now admitting that he has seven grandchildren? That's kind of interesting, huh? Cut number one. But Scott Jennings, the president has made being a family man a central part of his political identity. Uh, It's not Republicans, with all due respect, who made Hunter Biden into a complete scumbag on this and other issues. The the ignoring his own daughter for four years and the president of the United States hanging up a stocking for the dog and not for his seventh grandchild. We can also have have sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction. Let's keep this conversation respectful. Listen, I I totally agree. And you know where I'm from? A lot of families deal with addiction. And you know who ends up picking up the pieces? The grandparents. And in this case, the grandparents would not acknowledge this little girl. It is offensive. But the bottom line is... But they have now. The (laughs) poll... Oh, what a hero. The polling must have been yeah, brutal. Just the polling sure must have been brutal. No, no one's ever questioned. Oh, just making sure the facts are out there. 
flipping CNN. God, almost as bad as MSNBC. They're just a hair off from being MSNBC. Speaking of uh, the fact that Republicans did not make Hunter Biden a scumbag, uh, Hunter Biden apparently had a large role in that uh, scumbaggery. But he apparently now has been caught under oath. Somebody went back and uh, looked at uh, all of the comments he made inside that federal courtroom in Delaware. He told Judge uh, Mary Ellen Norieka that he was eligible to practice law in Washington, D.C. and the state of Connecticut. Uh, Neither one of those things are true. No, neither one. In fact, his uh, law license in Connecticut has been suspended for more than two years because he didn't bother paying his $75 fees. The judge also told him to go get a job, like a real job, so that you could make money, real money, and then, you know, pay for your daughter pay for things on your own without waiting for the big guy to uh, slip you a uh, pillowcase filled with small unmarked bills, for God's sakes. I mean, it's embarrassing. I don't know how anybody who is uh, has has even a shred of self-respect, how could anybody think that that's the right way to go? I don't get it. I just don't. Uh, no, no more reminders about the best of Richmond, but I do want to remind you about the big trip. Uh, I'm, I'm going to text Carl Carlson now, actually, the details. <laughs> Have him go to jeffcatstrip.com, jeffcatstrip.com. Seriously, uh, April 2024, we're going to Paris and a whole slew of other places in France. Ten days. It'll be great, great stuff. 800-383-3131. Hey, tomorrow morning, make sure you're listening to my dear friend John Reed. His show starts at 6 a.m., and yes, I did vote for him for best Morning show in Richmond. 457, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is a Monday afternoon. I'm just taking a little uh, look. I'm not going to concentrate on this, I promise you, but just a little look at the uh, the upcoming trip to France. And I realize one of the things that uh, Cruise and Tour is doing for me, uh, because they know I have listeners all over the country, uh, they're, they're doing all sorts of things to uh, help people get from wherever they might be, whether it's uh, some old fans and in Boston or Las Vegas or, you know, down in Miami and stuff. So that's going to be pretty cool. I think we're going to have really just one of the best times ever because we'll have people uh, from all over who believe the same way, have the same values. We'll all be on this adventure. Anyway, all right, so that's 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 not actually a, uh, a story per se. It's just something I'm looking at going, wow, that is pretty cool. Okay, so a five-year investigation is now wrapping up sort of, kind of, Right. And uh, Hunter Biden, who I'll remind you uh, that 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 guy on CNN reminded everybody that Republicans did not make Hunter Biden into a uh, uh, a dirtbag. He was able to do that all on his own. Uh, But this five year investigation. Is wrapping up now, I want you to take a listen. This is uh, what's his name? Uh, Todd Chuck Todd. 
from over there on NBC and, I don't know, some other wackadoodle. It doesn't matter. It's like interchangeable wackadoodles. It's like whack-a-wackadoodle could be your game. And, and it doesn't make any difference. They all just sort of pop up there, say something stupid, go back into their little uh, wackadoodle uh, hole. Cut number two, please. And I, I understand that, you know, you believe this is all, all being uh, emphasized due to politics that the Republican, the House Republicans are doing. Let me ask you this. Do you think it would behoove the president for him to come out and say, hey, I had no business dealings with my son. My son's issues are my son's issues. Do you think he needs to say that more directly? Because there's a lot of people that believe something something else would happen. Well, let's be clear about that point, Chuck. There's been a five-year investigation, five years, by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. Um, this investigation started during the Trump administration, and they've come forward with not one shred of evidence um, tying President Biden to any of this. Uh, I am encouraged that in sharp contrast to President Trump, uh, you've just detailed his mountain of legal problems where President Trump is fighting and pushing back and obstructing. Hunter Biden's come forward, taken responsibility, paid his late taxes. Um, as you just discussed with Chuck Rosenberg, I think the hiccup in the Delaware District Courthouse will get ironed out pretty quickly. And I don't think President Biden needs to say anything more than he has. House there Republicans is no are going to accuse evidence. him. Of, they are. They're going to make the accusation. They're going to accuse him of all sorts of stuff. they have the evidence or not. Correct. The question, and they may have a, a, an eco, an information ecosystem that helps amplify it to a point where you don't think he needs to just direct, hey, despite what you hear, just so you know, I didn't, I don't do business with my son I, I or my brother. Uh, or anybody. I especially don't do business with uh, with my, my daughter, you know, in Arkansas, Navy. No, I got nothing to... Listen, I realized that what we were we were listening to there was the, uh, the president and the vice president of the Biden fan club. Uh, those, those Republicans don't have a shred of evidence. Then you go, but what about this? What about this? Well, it's not really evidence as far as we're concerned. There's nothing that will ever be evidence as far as the leftists are concerned. Whether those leftists are in elected office or they've been deployed to a newsroom somewhere in America. Their ideology is the same. Their mindset is the same. Their actions are the same. Always. Never any variation. All right. I got it. I mean, I got news for you. I'm not losing any sleep over this. Because here's what I know, here's what I sense, here's what I feel, here's what I see, here's what I hear on the ground. Every time these uber left-wing wackadoodles attack President Trump, the stronger he gets. He just seems to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Oh, we're going to throw this indictment at him. Now the Alvin Bragg case seems to be coming apart, but it doesn't matter. They'll come up with another one. Oh, they're going to do something out of Atlanta. Oh, wait a minute, this uh, Jack Smith guy is not done. And they keep piling on. And let me tell you something. And you know this, whether you want to admit it or not. If Donald Trump were not running for election, none of this would be happening. That you know, you know it as sure as you are sitting here listening to me. If Donald Trump had said, hey, that's it. Okay, did four years, did a great job gave you an incredible economy, and for whatever reason, you elected this doofus, uh, and he's been able to break it in just two years. But you know what? I'm done. I own 112 golf courses. I've got mansions all over the world. And in case you didn't notice, I got a really beautiful wife. I'm out of here. Do you think they would pursue him? Of course not. Of course not. Because the mission here is, is not a pursuit of justice. It's a pursuit of Donald Trump. They're not attempting in any way 
to look for crimes. They are looking for anything that they can tag on Donald Trump. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. That's what we have going on right now. We have the most demented political attorney general in the history of this nation, in Merrick Garland. It is an uh, absolute abomination what this guy is doing. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And the more they do it, the more they do it, the stronger Donald Trump becomes. Let me give you another little piece of this Chuck Todd. we got to do it now, right? Because he's, he's leaving uh, Meet the Depressed, and somebody else will be taking his place. I mean, it's, it's a terrible show. Every one of these Sunday talking head shows, I'm just telling you, you could. You, it doesn't matter where they are or what they're saying. It's all the same crap, and it's all the same crap meisters who are distributing it. So he's going, they'll bring in another uh, circus clown, and then they'll do something, and there'll be a different ringmaster over here. But anyway, uh, give me cut number five, please. Do you see anything changing the dynamic of this Republican primary where it is now, which is that the more indictments come in, the stronger Donald Trump gets? Not right now, Willie. I, I, you know, one of the things we're trying to focus people's attention to is what this calendar is starting to look like in the first six months of 2024, where we're going to have, we're literally going to be going back and forth. In fact, the day of the Iowa caucuses, uh, a civil trial involving Donald Trump begins. There's uh, all sorts of, you, you get a set of primaries, then there'll be a court hearing, there'll be more primaries, maybe the nomination is over, then we have some more court hearings, and that's what we know for now, and and this is before any new indictments that could come from Jack Smith or, or from what's going on in Atlanta. And Willie, that's the moment I think that all of a sudden Republicans are going to ask themselves, what are we doing? You know, but I don't think it's going to happen before it starts to play itself out. Like, I think it is astonishing to me how many people I run into who haven't fully comprehended the fact that we're about to do this. And and I think that when it becomes clear that, that the public's uncomfortable with this, it may be too late, and he may already have the nomination. Certainly unprecedented in the strangest presidential campaign potentially you and I have ever, ever. covered. Oh, my God. Oh, Chuck Todd is so concerned with the Republican Party. Oh, oh Chuck Todd wants to make sure that the, the Republicans understand what's really going on. And, and you know, you know, those Republicans, man, they're not nearly as smart as Chuck Todd is. So he's going to have to do his part to try and help them understand. But it could be too late. And then what are they going to do? Well, they're going to wind up nominating Trump again. It'll be too late. And then what's going to happen? Well, according to CNN... Donald Trump would be reelected. Oh, the horror. Wouldn't it be nice to actually have somebody competent in the White House again? It really would. For all of his issues, all of the foibles, all of the midnight tweets that, again, I could live without. But I got news for you. I, to have him back in the Oval Office, these despots around the world would look and say, okay, Hands off America for the next four years because they got somebody there who actually is a is a strong guy, tough guy. The economy could be beaten back into shape in a good way. And you and I might get a, a nice four-year situation. Now, I don't know who his vice president would be at this point. I think I would probably, if somebody were to say, okay, you have to answer this today or something terrible could happen to you. Like, well... I don't know. No lunch tomorrow. 
I would say Senator Tim Scott. That would be my my choice right now. Not my choice, my sense. I think that Donald Trump would pick him as the running mate. But I'd love to see Trump back in there instead of uh, Joe Biden. No, no question. Simple, simple, straightforward. Five fourteen. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Five twenty-two. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. As I'm looking at the uh, extended forecast here, Thursday at the moment, anyways, the first day that we could see some uh, some precipitation, some isolated thunderstorms, and uh, that could happen in the morning. So make sure. I, I mean, I know you're already listening to uh, John Reed first thing in the morning, six a.m. as as I do each and every morning. But uh, just just make sure you stay with John. Uh, he will keep you up speed on everything. And the idea that Abigail Spamberger. Uh, is apparently going to run for governor. Uh, Well, the Democrat primary, right? It'll be uh, Abigail Spamberger and LeVar Stoney, two of the biggest phonies, frauds, hypocrites that have ever come down the pike, man. Oh, it's going to be priceless. Um, I I think I may start popping the popcorn this afternoon because there's going to be a lot to uh, uh, watch and listen to and hear. Uh, None of it good. No, none of it good. Uh, Speaking of uh, none of it good, can we take a listen to uh, cut number four, please? This shift in Biden family dynamics comes as Hunter Biden has been tied up in personal and legal drama. He remains under federal investigation after his plea agreement fell apart over misdemeanor tax charges and a gun offense. The first son is often the target of political scrutiny and congressional inquiries for his business dealings. And now the Biden family is taking its first steps to include Hunter's youngest daughter in their tight circle. The president's new public acceptance of a seventh grandchild he has not met reverses years of how he talks about family. I have six grandchildren, and I'm crazy about them. I got six of them. Only six Christmas stockings had been hung at the White House, but now a significant change in a written statement Friday night. Jill and I only want what is best for all of our grandchildren, including Navy. Navy Joan, who turns five in August, is the daughter born to Hunter Biden and an Arkansas woman, London Roberts, in 2018. Our son Hunter and Navy's mother, London, are working together to foster a relationship that is in the best interest of their daughter. A shift immediately noticed on the campaign trail. I welcome the president acknowledging his little granddaughter. The decision came as political pressure began to boil from Republicans' sharp jabs. Why don't you spend some time with your granddaughter in Arkansas or at least recognize her existence? To withering media scrutiny, including a New York Times column. Some Republicans remain critical. You talk about family values and you talk about all of that. It's odd that he wouldn't acknowledge one of his grandchildren. Biden grandchildren have otherwise been visible in White House life and events. That's my grandson, Bo, up there. His 2020 campaign featured granddaughters in a video emphasizing their closeness. Hi, Pop. I was just talking about you. Sources familiar say the timing was affected by fairly contentious legal proceedings, and the Bidens were giving Hunter and Navy's mother space and time, while family has long been part of the president's political brand. Are you kidding me? Oh, we're, we're giving them space and time. Five years? This little girl's going to be five years old in a couple of days. For five years, you couldn't be bothered even acknowledging that little child? Come on, man. Despicable. Despicable. You deranged 
bottom feeder. Oh, man, a Shevitz is right. All right, coming up at 535, I, I, I just want to tell you, good things happening in our community. And at 535, you're going to hear about one great example. It's 526, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Monday. There's no doubt about that. It is definitely Monday. We've got a lot of stuff coming up this week. A lot of really good stuff. Reva Trammell is going to be with us tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about this second chance. Folks in the uh, city of Richmond are going to have another chance to vote on a casino. I, I don't know which way it's going to go. But uh, Reva Trammell will be with us tomorrow. Looking forward to chatting with her. I'll give you more details on this upcoming adventure. We're headed to France, April 2024. A big part of it, at least for me on a personal basis, all about the 80th anniversary of D-Day. Now, there were a lot of good people who serve us every single day, whether these are folks in the military, and law enforcement, EMS, the fire service, nurses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And every once in a while, there's, there's somebody who comes along and says, you know, we would really like to help good people, folks like teachers and other first responders. Well, I got an amazing email from uh, Jeremy Gray about something that uh, he and Jack Harrell are doing and i said guys I, I don't know if i can help you with this but boy i'd love to have you on the air to talk a little bit about it i'm happy to say they're both here jeremy jack good afternoon gentlemen hey how you doing? how you doing i am doing well so jeremy let me start with you sir because because you have sent so many wonderful emails saying hey jeff you need to be aware of this let people know and <laughs> you <laughs> as i said i don't know what i can do except share your story so jeremy Tell us all about what you and Jack are doing. All right. So basically, me and Jack decide to form a company that, you know, that pretty much is going to be paying it forward, either with guys that we hire that's in the HVAC industry or even with our clients. But we do have a special heart for those who serve in the military, first responders, teachers, nurses, and even veterans. So we're like, you know what? Let's do something special this year. So what we want to do is give away a change out. And how we're going to do it is basically it has to be nominated. That means if you have a friend or a family member that's in those requirements, as far as our military, active or non-active, nurses, teachers, first responders, we want you to go to our Facebook, Air Force One, HVAC Control. Tell a little story about why do you think they deserve a system. Okay. And we're going to basically go live on our Facebook August the 15th. Wow. And we're going to draw it, do a drawing, and then announce a name. And we're wow. going to come over there, spend our labor, our money. And we're going to um, hopefully we do that, be able to help somebody that has been putting it in for this country every day. So. Wow. I, Jeremy, I love it. I love the name of the company, by the way, Air Force One. I think that is just the uh, uh, the coolest name I've ever heard. Jack, uh, what exactly is your involvement with this? Are you going along with Jeremy's idea here? 
Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. We really want to help out people who are, you know, are selfless in the acts that they do, things that they do every single day. And we want to be out there helping these people. They allow us to be able to live our life the way we want to live it, you know, and have freedom. So, Ed, I, I'm just curious. You know, we're, we're living in a day and age where, let's face it, the economy is not necessarily great. There are a lot of people with financial issues, and and, and both uh, Jack Harrell and Jeremy Gray have said we, we understand that. Uh, you're not thinking about yourselves in this, are you? You're You're really thinking about those people who are just laying it all out there. Well, yeah, the exactly. idea is we to pay it forward. We are. Yeah. So, Jeremy, the idea was to pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. That's yep. I, God. I, I mean, and this is, uh, you know, I, you didn't ask me to say this, but I'm going to say it. It's not like you're giving somebody a baseball cap. I mean, this this is a <laughs> pricey, pricey uh, proposition that uh, that you've put forward. Well, I tell you this: somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it, and. You know, we have passion over here, and, you know, we really, really care. And you can't do it all the time, but when you can, you know, that's a good thing for us to do, man, you know. And it's at the end of the year, I mean, at the end of the summer, and we want to make somebody happy. But not only that, we're also going to have two other winners. You're going to have the second winner will have a, a presidential club membership, two visits a year, and then the third member would get, 30% 30% off of a repair. Wow. That's what wow. we can do over here, you know? If You know? So, well, you know we're only three years old. I, no, I, I think it's incredible, and, and you just, you really are stepping up to the plate. So, Jeremy, let's let's talk about who is eligible and how they get nominated to, uh, to be part of this Air Force One air conditioning uh, giveaway. Okay. So, you got to be in the military, or you can be a veteran. Mm-hmm. Same thing to us. You got to okay. be a first responder, you know, police, right. you know, firefighter, right? You know, right. first responder, a yep. nurse or a teacher, and this is how it's going to go. So, since we're paying it forward, yep, we would like the uh, friends or family to nominate who they have in their family that falls in that category. So they, all, like I said, they go to our Facebook, Air Force One HVAC Control, like us, follow us. And then just share, you know, maybe it's Uncle Mike, who's been a Marine and he's having problems. Well, go ahead and tell that story. And we're going to collect all those names. And we're going to go ahead and do a drawing live on Facebook. So that's how it's going to work. August the 15th, live on Facebook. We'll do it at 11 o'clock in the morning. And we're going to announce who the three winners are. Okay. Well, I love it. All right. So, uh, once again, give everybody the address, and there's a means there then to tell the story, right, to talk about that that family member, that friend, that neighbor who is uh, a first responder, police, uh, fire, EMS, sheriff, uh, teacher, nurse, uh, somebody active duty, military, or a veteran. Yep. So they, they, they go to your Facebook page, and then what do they do? They just post the story right there? Yeah, so what you do, yeah, you post the story about whoever the family member is, Mm-hmm. Let them know what branch they are, or if they're a nurse or teacher, first responders, and just say, "Hey, he's been out. He or she's been out of, you know, maybe they need a new unit. Maybe, but this is what we're doing. We're going to be giving away a. It's going to be a fifteen sear. So if you have a furnace or you have a heat pump, it doesn't matter. Okay. But um, yeah, like us and follow us, 
and then just tell the story of your family or friend member. All and right. we will gather that information and do a drawing. Wow. Well, that is super yep, cool. Yep. Jeremy, Jack, I appreciate you being here. Thank you, guys. Jeremy Gray, Jack Harrell, these are uh, local, local business guys said, hey, we want to pay it forward. I think it's a fascinating story. I really do. And I, uh, I admire anybody in this day and age who's actually able to, uh, to step up to the plate and say, yeah, we, we want to help out. You know, we do this uh, all the time on this program. People approach us and say, hey, I'm doing a golf tournament or I'm, uh, I'm doing a celebrity auction or I'm doing this. So we just always try uh, as best we can to, uh, to share these stories. And uh, it's to me, it's, it's just downright inspiring. 543, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. No, somebody who was uh, incredibly funny and brilliant. And uh, uh, Paul Rubens, who, of course, created the character of a Pee Wee Herman, uh, passed away, age 70. And obviously, the older I get, the younger ages seem, right? What? He was only 70? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's not nearly as old as it used to be when I was 20, right? Uh, but uh, Paul Rubens was a a brilliant guy. I mean, just wickedly funny and unbelievably talented. And uh, he's apparently, or had apparently, been fighting a private battle with cancer for six years. And nobody knew. I mean, nobody knew. He never talked about it. it it's an interesting thing, don't you think? And I, I, I don't have any idea, and frankly, I don't want to know how I would deal with such a situation. I, I, I just hope and pray that I've never placed into that sort of a situation. But he decided that uh, he would handle it personally and, and not seek the public light. And on Sunday, had a, a little statement that uh, essentially said thank you very much to all of his fans. And everybody was a fan. I, I really, everybody was a fan. I can remember Heidi and I were, were chatting this morning about Large Marge, uh, one of uh, one of the Pee Wee characters, and how we had introduced uh, the boys to Large Marge because it's a little scary. If, you, if you're not familiar with Pee Wee's Playhouse, go back and take a look at it and understand that Pee Wee's Playhouse, uh, like all good children's programming was really written on a couple of different levels. If you go back in time to Sesame Street at the very beginning. I haven't watched the uh, the woke version of Sesame Street, to be brutally honest. But when you go back to the original Sesame Streets, right, 1970-ish, what you find is that the people who were writing Sesame Street realized that little kids would be watching it, but that their parents would be behind them watching it as well. So they had to write it on a couple of different levels. And you saw that truly with the, uh, the great characters that were created for Sesame Street. Pee-wee's Playhouse 
was originally written for adults, right? Oh, yes, the Pee Wee Herman character that Paul Rubens developed was uh, in a variety of comedy clubs around America for years. And make no mistake, it was very much an adult character and an adult program. The uh, Well, the performance piece was adult. And then there came a point, I don't know all of the details, well, maybe I'll have to look into this and try and dig them up for you, but at some point, there were some television folks who went to see this, laughed hysterically and said, you know, we could actually take this and we could make it kid-friendly. Same characters, most of the uh, the stories and the setup, the same, but with a, a different presentation and obviously uh, very, very different uh, punchlines. And it worked. And it worked. Uh, there's some, some classic parts of uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse that uh, people will probably never, ever forget. Another show that was always written on a couple of different levels used to be The Simpsons. And again, I haven't, I haven't seen The Simpsons in, in years now. It used to be that the boys and I would gather together every Sunday and watch The Simpsons. And when they were really young, they were watching it because I wanted to watch it. And I was watching it on one level and laughing. And they were watching it on another level and laughing, but not laughing for the same reasons that I was. And then we got to sort of parody on that. And I do think the last time that we we watched it, they probably were on a different level and laughing. And I was on a different level and laughing as well. Tomorrow is actually... Uh, National Night Out. I want to make sure that uh, you take advantage of the opportunities in your community. Now, my friends down in Chesterfield, as you know, every year for, gosh, how many years now? The Chesterfield County Police, they've won a National Night Out Award. And they've they've really, really, really done amazing work. Henrico, uh, Hanover Sheriffs, uh, everybody is involved with National Night Out. And I am hoping... If it's happening in your community, you'll take a couple of moments, turn out. I know that the law enforcement officers turn out to try and interact with the community, to say nice things, to be there for the community. But I got news for you. Members of the community have an opportunity. You and I have an opportunity to turn out on National Night Out to thank those law enforcement officers. And if you have that opportunity, honest to goodness, you really, really, really should do that. So I've got a couple of things coming up over the next couple of days. As I mentioned to you, Reva Trammell will be here tomorrow. We'll talk about uh, the city of Richmond and uh, an effort to get a casino. It's going to be their second bite of the apple. I don't know which way it goes, but Reva Trammell will be here. You've got the Democrats' governor's race, their primary getting set. Abigail Spamberger and LeVar Stoney. Oh, Start making the popcorn now. It is going to be delightful. First thing tomorrow morning, my friend John Reed is going to be here. John will be here right at 6 a.m. I want to make sure that you are here for that. John always does a great show. Make no mistake about it. I try and get there right at 6 because you've got Gary Hess, Gary Hess rather, who does a stellar job of presenting the news, fine, upstanding news guy, and then it's right into John's show and uh, all of his take on the world. If you have not signed up for the trip to France, 
I would urge you to do so quickly. Now, listen, all you've got to do, frankly, uh, is make a deposit. You don't have to pay the whole thing right now. But why don't you call Cruising Tour, 800-383-3131, 800-383-3131. You give them a call right now. They'll be happy to answer any questions, explain the way this works. Ten-day luxury trip with me to France. You do not want to miss out on that. And you can check it out online, jeffcatstrip.com. Have a fantastic evening. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Adios and Viacondios. Going home now to stay. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.